We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Steve TPFL. It's Tuesday. It's November 24th. It's 2020. We're going to talk about the three-game Thanksgiving slate on today's podcast. I'm joined by my good buddy, the Turd Ferguson, Grant Genevro7. How are you doing, my friend? Eh, not too bad. It's always, always a great day on Thanksgiving where we have two good enough slates. There's always a bunch of promos. I've already placed thousand dollars in sports bets just because of all the promos that were rolling through so it's it's a wonderful wonderful time of year and i am in fact a big turkey person mostly because i love smothering it in half pound of gravy now are you regular turkey or deep fried turkey uh i'll I'll eat either as long as it's smothered in gravy that's that's pretty much my only only main thing and I found out that you can just buy gravy in the stores. I mean, it's not great, but it's good enough. And it's terrible for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not as good as like mama's gravy that she makes, but it, Hey, you know, it, it works. So, um, I, I, I like Turkey either way as well. I'm the same way. My family's like ham and Turkey. So like I get ham, I like to smother my ham and like applesauce. Um, so I'm I'm kind of curious, listeners. What do you guys like for like turkey and ham, and what is your favorite dessert for like Thanksgiving? Like, what what's your favorite dessert? Sweet potato casserole. Not not even. I I uh, marshmallows, nuts, sweet potatoes, crazy amounts of sugar. It's it's beautiful to me. I make it all the time. Like I don't even just make it on Thanksgiving. I make it all the time. <laughs> I if love I it. could cook, I would. 
Yeah, like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm down for a good old fashioned like homemade pumpkin pie. Um, my stepmom makes it every year, so like that's that's my jam with some whipped cream on top. Like that, that's my jam, Grant. Um, enough for the food talk because I'm already hungry. Um, it's eleven o'clock on the East Coast, and um, I haven't ate yet anything, so like I'm already hungry. So we gotta stop talking about food. So let's talk some football. We got three games. These are. Three interesting football games. Um, you know, we're recording on Monday or Tuesday morning, so a lot can happen with injury news. We're always kind of looking at it more of a first look anyway. We get started with Houston at Detroit, 51 total, Houston favored by three. Uh, let's start with the Houston side. We know Cobb is out. We know David Johnson's out. Kenny Stills is questionable. Um, what are we looking at here on Houston? I mean, for Houston, it, it, it's mostly like Duke Johnson's fine play. Detroit is not really a great defensive team. Look at their DVO ranks on the year, and they're both bad against the pass and the run. They're just overall bad defense. I think more going to be targeting the passing game. It's Fuller, it's Cooks, like with Cobb being injured, with Stills possibly not being in there. Maybe you can take a shot on Coutier. Um, he is a guy that's shown a little bit of upside in the past, but like mostly for me, it's going to be Cooks and fuller like they're the main part of this passing attack they have a 27 implied team total they're going to be passing ball a decent amount they're only a three-point favorite here it's thanksgiving it's a short week weird things happen but it's it's cooks and fuller for me like watson i assume is going to be one of the chalkier guys on slate i think i might be going elsewhere a little bit more but he definitely will be in my lineups and some game stacks but yeah it, it's it's not really a ton to love here Outside of the passing attack, Duke Johnson really hasn't been great in his full-time role so far. Disappointed two weeks in a row. Still getting a decent amount of volume, but not getting the massive pass game workload that I was hoping he would end up getting. So, Cook, Fuller, Watson is pretty much what I'm going with on the Houston side. See, I love Watson. I think he's the top quarterback play on the slate, but I also think he's going to be the most popular quarterback on the slate, so I completely understand that as well. Um you know, Detroit allows the most fantasy points to running backs. I think Duke Johnson's in a great spot here. Maybe he will show up and have a good game. I think Fuller and Cooks, if Kiki Kote, um, if like Stills is out, Kiki Kote uh, becomes very interesting. Jordan Aikens um, is interesting as well. You know, just kind of looking at like tight ends on this slate. Mark Andrews is probably the best tight end play on this slate overall. But, you know, if you want to be different, or if Mark Andrews doesn't play, um, I think Aikens is in play, you know, because like, a lot of people will probably pay down and go like Logan Thomas um, if they pay down. So on the Detroit side of things, um, what a just awful football game um, by Detroit in general against Carolina um, last week. So we look for them to, you know, bounce back here. We know that Matthew Stafford is dealing with an injury in his um, thumb. That's always concerning. You know, we have to see if Swift is going to be back. You know, he's in concussion protocol. He was limited Monday, so that's good progress. Galladay, Hawkinson, Amendola. We have a lot of question marks when it comes to the Detroit side, but this is a great spot, Grant. We got a team that is last against the run in DVOA, bottom half against the pass, 28th overall. They don't get a lot of sacks. Like, this is a great spot for Detroit. Yeah, no, and just it just comes down to injury. It's, it's really tough to 
kind of dissect right now. Swift's in the game. I love Swift. Like Houston's run D is not good. Swift was looking great before he got that concussion. If he's back and full go, like it's not like a cut concussions, a lingering injury. So if anything, he'll probably just, he's essentially a guy that has gotten an extra three days of rest if he clears concussion protocol. So if Swift's in there, absolutely love him. If Swift's not in there, I think take a flyer on AP. Like I know that carry Johnson got a decent workload, but AP always has a chance at a double touchdown game. Like everyone's going to be, looking at his stats and seeing, oh, he just did terrible last game. I don't really care. It's Houston. It's a horrible run defense. As for the passing game, like if Hawkinson plays, I really like him, especially if Galdae ends up being out, if Galdae's out, if Hawkinson's out, if Amon Dole's out. I mean, you you just run Cephas, Hall, Marvin Jones Jr. Um, Hall and Cephas both offer a ton of value here. I don't think I'm going Stafford regardless. There are some ways where he ends up crushing value here. But he just really hasn't done it all season long. Yes, he's sitting there at 5.8K, but we got some decent quarterbacks on this slate that I would much rather go with. So it, it, it's the cheap wide receiver pieces pending any potential like injury news. And it's swift if he ends up playing. And that's, that's the main spots for me over on Dow or Detroit. Yeah, unfortunately, Detroit, you're just going to have to take the like wait and see approach. Like, half the team is questionable um, on Monday's injury report. So um, if Swift plays, he's probably my top running back on the slate. So um, I want him to play. He's up there because I like Gibson a lot too, assuming that Gibson plays. So, um, but yeah, like we'll, we'll have to see on Galladay. We'll have to see on like um, Marvin Jones is probably going to get his targets regardless. I think he's, you know, a safer play at his price everybody's kind of free on this slate and you could pretty much build whatever you want. Um, you know, pricing is really weak on this slate. So uh, that's obviously concerning, but yeah, I think Detroit, we're gonna have to wait and see what the injuries look like, but you know, if, if for some reason Hawkinson doesn't play Jesse James becomes interesting. Um, moving on here, we got Washington at Dallas 46 total Dallas favored by three in this one, not a ton of injury news in this game. Um, you know, as far as like the other game, we'll start with the Washington side Gibson and McLaurin both didn't practice on Monday. It could just be like limiting their reps because they're having to do so much here. Dallas plays at such an extremely fast pace that like grant, we have to like Washington in this spot. Yeah. I mean, we've seen what Alex Smith can do if he ends up passing the ball 50 times, like, Dallas is a perfect team for them to play. He's going to get a big, big volume increase here. So, like, if if McLaurin ends up playing, I'll definitely play McLaurin. It, I mean, it's just the same thing every single week. But if Gibson ends up sitting, McKissick's a fantastic play, especially in, over on DraftKings, full-point PBR. is going up against Dallas. Dallas' run defense has not been good so far this season. Been absolutely shredded recently. Like, they are a team that you can target against all the time. And if McKissick's going to end up being the guy there, we know that he's a big safety blanket for Alex Smith. But either one of these running backs that both end up playing are in play here just because of the massive amount of pass volume that they may end up seeing in this spot. So I like Alex Smith. I love McLaurin. You can take a shot on either one of the Sims if you really want to. But for me, it's a pretty condensed offense, and it's in one of the best matchups on the board here. So Smith – Whichever running back you feel like, and McLaurin are some of the best plays on the entire slate. Yeah, obviously, if McLaurin sits, we're going to have to look at these cheap guys. If McLaurin um, sits, then we pretty much have to hammer in 
bits and pieces all over the place of this entire passing attack. It's going to be infuriating, delightful, and excruciating. Oh, yeah. Um, I think even if Gibson plays, I think McKisnick is an interesting tournament play. Um, regardless, you know, I think this is one of the best spots for running backs on the slate. And, like, we know, like, the type of upside that McKissnick has. Like, they got down in that Detroit game, and, like, he had, like, 15 targets. Like, so I think McKissnick is a guy that you could look at even if Gibson plays uh, just to kind of be different. Like, the guy has 15-plus point upside um, even if Gibson's in there. If Gibson's out, like, McKissnick becomes the play. Like, and, like, it, it would be a situation you don't even think twice about, right, Grant? You just would plug yeah. him in there. Like it, yeah. Like yeah, it it, it's be... the volume alone and the matchup and the pace. Like it makes it an auto walking mode for me. Uh, Dallas on the other side of this game, like Washington defense has been legit this season. Um, are we expecting like Zeke's the biggest running back name on the slate, and he's under seven k? Do we expect him to be popular here? I mean, a little bit. I don't know how much. Like, Connor's obviously a guy that hasn't been great. Duke Johnson has been great. Swift, I think, can change things around. If Gibson's out, like, that could change the ownership around. But, I mean, depending on how things end up going, it's, it's, it's a tough spot to say how chalky he's going to be. The last game going up against Washington, no one on this offense really did too much. Zeke only ended up with six fantasy points. I don't mind him here, but I think I would drastically prefer the Dallas passing attack. They had a te- Dalton had a terrible game. Obviously, got injured last time going up against them. But like just the pace that they're running at, I I, I, I think that like Gallup and Cooper are drastically underpriced still. Like Gallup's in there at three point five k with Dalton in there. It's a big upgrade. He had a few drops in the last game against Minnesota, and he actually got a downgrade in price. Still five, seven, twelve targets in the last three games. I really, really like his price tag at 3.5K, and everyone saw C.D. Lamb have a decent game this last game, and I'm going back to Cooper because of it. They're around the same price tag. I'm fine with using either of them, but I still think that this Dallas passing tag is a little underrated because of the way that the game kind of played out last time. Dalton didn't end up throwing it nearly as much as he should have. I like Dalton. Dalton's probably my favorite on the slate here, favorite QB on the slate. I don't think he's going to draw too much ownership. I really like Dalton in the spot. Yeah, I think he, I think he will potentially be lower owned um, on a three-game slate. So I completely understand where you're coming from on that one. Um, and like again, like everybody's kind of cheap, like in general on this slate. I think Cooper is probably the safest play of the group. I think. I think CD lamb has the highest ceiling of the group. Um, like the, the guy is just really good. Michael Gallup's a guy that could have big games too. So like you have three legit wide receiver options to pair with Dalton, if you're playing him and you could potentially even look at like Schultz to be different. Um, so a lot oh, of I different ways. Yeah. It's just a lot of ways to be different. If you're looking on the Dallas side of this game. So, um, I like it. I, I think it's interesting, especially on a slate like this. And, you know, you look at how fast Dallas plays, like the points are going to have the opportunity to get there. So it was um, nearly 60 in the last game. And, and like Dallas this game's in was... Dallas too. Wasn't the game that they played in Washington, like didn't it have some weather and stuff too? It had some weather. Like it was Dalton's like second start. 
I don't know. Like it, it he got I, hurt. Not, yeah, he got hurt. I'm not I'm not trusting a one game sample size. Like if you're relying on that too much, it's generally a problem. I, I don't think that they're gonna have a problem here. And I mean we know Cooper splits home versus road. They're just ridiculous. So yeah, I I I'm everyone's gonna look at that last start and just try and fade Dallas players. I think that's a massive mistake. Yeah, let's get the red rocket. Let's get him out here and let's get him tossing the ball around. So uh, we finish with the game of the day. Like this is the game of the day as far as like football games go. Um, You have two really good teams, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, 45 total Pittsburgh favorite by four DFS wise. This is probably like one of those games. You got two really good defenses, Grant. Like the, the, we have, we have four really media, well, three really mediocre defenses. Washington's kind of um, played good on defense this season. Baltimore and Pittsburgh, like 45 total. Let's start on the Baltimore side of things. Um, Ingram and Dobbins, COVID, they're out. Um, Mark Andrews, again, like this could be just limiting his practice reps, but he limit like he kind of is dealing with a thigh injury. I fully expect Mark Andrews to play. Um, let's talk with the Baltimore side. What are we looking at here on the Ravens? On the Ravens, it's kind of kind of tough to figure out here. Uh, Gus Edwards obviously it's in there at 4K with Dobbins and with Ingram out. It looks like he's gonna be the main guy in this offense. So like obviously Justice Hill card could end up doing something. I don't know exactly. I'm expecting Gus to be fairly chalky. On a three-game slate, I'm mostly fading it. Um, there's lots of other running backs on the slate that can absolutely crush his value. Like AP can crush his value. It's going up against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's probably one of the best defenses, maybe the best defense in the entire league. I'm planning on using Lamar Jackson, probably just using him naked. Um, if I'm going to pair him with someone, you're not going to like this answer, but I think the guy to pair him with is Willie Sneed. Is, is that is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy at all. Okay, good. Yeah, he has, no, he has at least seven targets in three of the last four games. Why? Why yeah. is that crazy? I don't, I don't know. I hate playing Snead and Bay. Like, well, you hate playing any of the pass catchers for Baltimore. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, that is a that's a fair response there. Yeah, no, I mean, if, especially if Andrews ends up missing, then I'm probably going to be on Mar- Lamar Jackson even more. Like, I think the rushing upside is definitely there. His last game versus Pittsburgh. Didn't really have the greatest outing, but still had 65 rushing yards. He's underwhelmed all season long. People probably aren't going to use him, but I'm playing Lamar Jackson. I'm probably pairing him with Willie Sneed because I don't think a ton of people are going to be on him. I think that people still will go to Marquise Brown, but it's Lamar Jackson and Sneed here in this game, and I'm fading Gus Edwards because against the Pittsburgh defense, any running back can just get destroyed. Um... You know, just kind of overall looking at the running back situation here. So Ingram missed the first game um, against Pittsburgh, and like Dobbins and Edwards both crushed. Like they ran all over Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh run defense is really good, like really good. Um, you know, they allow the second fewest re- like fantasy points to running backs per game, and they're six in DVOA. Like it's a tough spot, but. In cash games, you're playing Gus Edwards. Like, okay. don't overthink it. Like, you're just playing him. In tournaments, I could definitely see being underweight. I could see being overweight, too. I, I definitely could see going either way with Edwards here. Um, as far as, like, the pass catchers, I, I think one of the most interesting plays on this slate is Des Bryant. Like, he's super cheap. 
We know the the ability that this guy has. I need to go back and like look at you know some of the opportunities that he had last week. He had five targets. He had four catches. Um, it looks like a lot of it was short stuff, but I just need to go back and like watch um, some of that game just to you know get an idea. But I I think Willie Sneed's really interesting. But like I I was shocked by the targets that Des had, and like Hollywood Brown had three zero catches last week. So like. I got to go back and watch some of this Baltimore game. I, I, I'll i be honest. I didn't really watch the Baltimore game. I didn't have a lot of vested interest in Baltimore, Tennessee last week. Um, so didn't really watch and it. So I had, the, I had the Tennessee money line. So I pretty much watched the entire thing and had money on Derrick Henry to score a touchdown. But boom, late touchdown. Get there. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. And Tennessee plus the points, Tennessee money line and Henry touchdown. It was literally the perfect scenario in overtime. Um, but <laughs> couldn't have been any better for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't generally get too excited about winning a bet, but when you pop off three on a meaningless or when I thought they were going to hit a field goal, like, yeah, I, I got a little excited there, but yeah, Des actually looked pretty good. I think he had one drop too. So he almost went five for five. Um, and, and he's a big enough guy. Like he's still strong enough where he can break one off or break off a tackle. So I like that Des play a lot. I think that he's probably going to continue to be decently heavily targeted in this offense. Uh, the Pittsburgh side, Baltimore defense, they're they're good too. Um, let's be honest, they're they're good defense. They're third in rush DVOA, tenth in pass. Um, listen, Ben, I I think like you just attack this the way that you've been attacking Pittsburgh all year, right? Like you you probably stay away from the running game and you play one or two of Johnson, Claypool, Juju, and Ebron. Like, you know, you obviously can play Ben here too, but I think some of the quarterbacks in the earlier games have more upside. But you look at it and, like, Ben could throw four touchdowns and be outscored by some of these other quarterbacks just because they, they get the rushing upside. But uh, you have to have interest in Ben because, like, these pass catchers are just so good. Like, they're all good. Johnson, Claypool, and Juju, they're all good. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean – I've literally taken the same same exact thing on every single slate this entire year with Pittsburgh on it. Let's play about 5 to 10% Big Ben, double stack him with two pass catchers, Ebron, Juju, Claypool, Johnson. It's, it's, it's a super simple strategy. Like every single week he has a possibility of going off. He's put over 40 pass attempts in each of the last three weeks. He It's just this, it's the way this offense works. Like, the amount of volume, especially going up against such a good um, Baltimore run D, I, I think that they're going to end up passing the ball a ton. I expect huge volume for each of these guys. I expect 40 passing attempts by Big Ben. Don't care if it's a tough matchup. These matchups are always just fantastic. Every single Pittsburgh-Baltimore matchup in, what, the last 10 years has been amazing. I think this is going to be a great spot here. If you're betting – Probably take Baltimore plus four and a half. I think Pittsburgh wins this outright, but by a field goal, like you always to kind of take the dog if they're more than a three point dog. Like that's just how these games go. So if you're sports betting, bet Baltimore plus four and a half or plus four. If you're playing, take DFS, the over. The over is definitely a good bet here. Like forty five seems really low for a Baltimore Pittsburgh game. I mean, it's two great defenses, but. 
still doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah right like, there with it's you. a division game. Baltimore is like they're running into the position where they're like they need to win games to make the playoffs in general, and like Pittsburgh's undefeated. Like this is going to be a great football game. Yeah, yeah. Bet parlay the parlay the Ravens plus four in the over. Like on a lot of sites, when you do same game parlays, if you bet the favorite and the over, then there's generally some negative correlation. They a lot of sites give you true odds. So you get in that you'll you can probably get it. I think at plus two eighty five if you parlay those two together. There you go. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're gonna get out of here um, for Thanksgiving slate. We'll be back breaking down the main slate tomorrow as well. So, um, all right, Grant, let's start it off with a quarterback that you think can throw for three hundred plus yards here. Dalton, I like it. I almost wrote that down. I almost I, I figured that's who you're you know gonna go with. Now. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Ben. Ben throws for 300 yards. I like it. The pass catchers are just too good. Uh, give me a, a running back. We don't have ownership. Give me a loan running back for a touchdown. Yeah. I don't know if it's anyone, a three game slate, you know, so anyone other than Gus Edwards, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go off the board and Adrian Peterson of Swift misses, which it kind of looks like he will, if not McKissick. I don't know. It's, right. it's impossible to know low on considering we don't know injuries. Yeah. Like honestly um, it, it's tough in general. I, I don't think Duke Johnson will be low owned, but that's who I think is going to score touchdowns. So I'm going to take him. <laughs> that's fair. Um, give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown. Uh, I'm going Dalton to Cooper. Dalton and Cooper. I'm going to go Ben and Claypool. I mean, I should have noted that uh, Juju missed practice on Monday. He tripped over um, the flag, like the weighted part of the flag, um, at the towards the end of the game and didn't return to the game on Sunday. They said he could have. Uh, so it's definitely something to kind of monitor because if he's out, like it just bumps up that passing game even more yeah. for some of these other guys. So, uh, wide receiver for eight plus targets. Who do you got? Uh, Deontay Johnson. Feel like that's a pretty safe bet. Yep. That guy is a target machine. Um, I'm gonna go with Brandon Cooks. Uh, last week was, I think, the first week in a few weeks that he hasn't had um, eight plus targets. So I think this is a good spot for him to see really increased targets um, in this matchup. Tight end for a touchdown, not Mark Andrews. I'm going Schultz, full on Dallas on slot here, I guess. I'll go to the other side of that game. I'll go Logan Thomas. I like it. Uh, and then finish this off with a defense um, that scores 10 or more points. I'm going to go with the Texans. They're a bit too cheap here anyways. Stafford injuries, all the injuries could yeah, no, end up for sure. easily. Um, I, honestly, I don't think defense is going to matter this week unless somebody scores a touchdown. Um Give me uh, – I feel like Pittsburgh is chalk. Um, I want Pittsburgh, but I'll take Washington just to be different. Like, I, I think Pittsburgh is – if you could pay up for them, I think they're the safest defense on the slate. But it's defense, it's fantasy, and it doesn't matter. Um, Grant, any final thoughts on this slate before we get out of here? I got none. I eat up. Eat up on Thursday. 
That's right. Uh, thankful for everyone that listens to the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Um, you know, you know, definitely a time of the year that we should be thankful for a lot of things. Um, so appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back tomorrow, breaking down the main slate. Hope everyone has an awesome Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving slate. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Thank you, kids.